0: Welcome to the midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in to the show today. All right, don't know why I said I like that. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can. I am on Twitter and Instagram at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email me couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. This is coming, or I am recording, after the Toronto Blue Jays pick up a win, a series win over the Tampa Bay Rays. And last night's loss again showed how precarious the situation is that the Blue Jays are currently in. Because they have been the hottest team in baseball for about a month now. And last night, they lose once. And, well, three-way tie. And bad result uh, today. And you could be sitting on the outside looking in once again in the playoff race. It, It is... Wild to think about. And it's great that the Blue Jays have got themselves back in this spot where they are battling for this playoff spot, but it does remind you that it can go away very, very quickly. Now, credit to the Blue Jays. This is definitely more... uh, 44 runs against any team is obviously impressive, but this is clearly the more impressive feat. And to go... uh, the, the Four games against Baltimore, whatever. But to have... Four against the Yankees. Three against the Rays. And to lose once coming out of that, this is one of those ones where you, you don't, like, they were talking on the broadcast today, Tampa Bay is just trying to get their guys right for the postseason and just, okay, let's see what we have in this dude, let's see what we have in this guy, let's go here, let's try this, whatever, blah, blah, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Tampa Bay is always going to be scary, and I'm not saying, well, the Blue Jays are now the favorites in a playoff series if they were to face the Rays, which is probably how it's going to play out. If the Blue Jays do get past the wildcard game, whoever wins the wildcard game is playing the Rays, let's put it that way. So it's going to be an all-American League East matchup in the American League Division series, but this, this series at least shows that the Tampa Bay Rays are beatable for the Blue Jays, and going into that ballpark is going to be difficult, and the Jays are going to have to win at least one in a five-game series at Tropicana if they're going to advance to the American League Championship Series. But you look at how this team stacks up now with Ryu and with Manoa and Barrios and with Ray, you you don't need five starters in a playoff series. Um, I'm of the opinion you may not even need four, but with the four that the Blue Jays have, you're, you're fairly comfortable with them but you could put Steven Matz as another option in the bullpen that kind of desperately needs it right now and that's still the biggest area of concern for this Toronto Blue Jays team going into a potential uh, playoff series and a potential one-game playoff is Joachim Soria was not very good today and we've talked before like who, who are you trusting in this bullpen right now it's still only Meza and Jordan Romano. On certain nights, you could get bigger performances from other guys, but you are kind of hoping, can you get your starter to go seven, and then just those two guys, and then we just don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. It it can be a little bit tricky, but I do think adding a Steven Matz to that bullpen for a playoff run will be quite helpful to this team. But this is... it's fun, right? Like, this is what you wanted, and this is such valuable experience, for this Blue Jays team, and for guys like Vladdy and Bichette. And not only to see what playoff race baseball is like, and to see how to play when everything is magnified to this level, but to grind through 162-game season. We talked a month ago about how this looked like a team that was tiring out, and Bo Bichette wasn't hitting, and Vlad wasn't hitting. Basically, Teoscar Hernandez was the only guy hitting on this Blue Jays team. That's clearly not the case anymore, as they are raking. And it just, it is another example of learning how to win, learning how to be a competitive baseball team. And I've talked about it before. You, You can do all the rebuilding you want, but that next jump from okay, we are a good team, how do we get to be a great team, is a real difficult one, and it is the one that teams kind of get hooked on quite a bit. Uh, Now, I I think the biggest one that teams have the issue with is going from the bad team to the good team, Uh, because it's one thing to just blow shit up, but then you have to build it back up again, and that's where teams have a lot of problems with that. But this next jump that the Blue Jays are trying to make is a very difficult one. And it looks like so far they're doing it very, very, very well. Upcoming now, you have a series against the Minnesota Twins. The other teams, I, I believe New York has Cleveland coming up and Boston, who, as I'm recording this, are just taking on Seattle, but I believe. Boston has Baltimore after this, so this is a weekend where you just try to avoid the banana peel, and that's a lot of the Blue Jay schedule down the the rest of this stretch. But this has been it's been fun, and just watching these games a little bit more closely the last little bit, I I recall back growing up watching this Blue Jays team, and you weren't, like, you were kind of paying attention to the standings. There there was a few years ago, uh, it's no, it's more than a few, it's probably over a decade ago now, where the Jays picked up a big series sweep, and they were within one game of the Yankees in, like, the second or third series of September's, oh, here we go, Yankees came in, beat the tar out of them, and you never sniffed a playoff spot after that. Like, there was always the, well, there's a chance, let's see, but like the, the only people who were talking about it were the local broadcasts. Like if you watch the Seattle broadcast or whoever would have been the, the wild card teams at the time, they're not bringing up the blue Jays. It's only the Canadian ones that shrink the standings a little bit to put the blue Jays in. This isn't that, but I remember watching those and also remember watching and well, could Carlos Delgado win the MVP? What about Roy Halliday? He should be in conversations for the Cy Young and accurate assessments on both for sure. But it, it, the Vladi ones seem weird to me, because it's over, right? Like, it's just, and and look, it's crazy that the dude could win the Triple Crown and not even get a first-place MVP vote, but um, the stats people are going to be very happy about that, but it's just, it's, it, it, it's it's done. Shohei could not do anything for the rest of the season, and it, it would still be done. Now, the MVP conversation. I do think the gap between first and second isn't as wide as between second and second and third, but there's still a gap there. Like, Vladdy is not winning the American League MVP. He's going to win, I believe it's the Hank Aaron Award for the top hitter in the American League. Like, he, he's, he's going to get that, for sure. He is going to get that. But no, it's, it's it's Shohei Otani. When you have the 2021 version of Babe Ruth, you give that guy the MVP. Could Robbie win? Uh, Ray win the, the Cy Young? Absolutely he could. But I, yeah. Yeah. MVP conversation, I think, is is pretty well done on this one. I I don't believe Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be the one who is scooping that one up. But this is fun. Like, we talked about it right around the All-Star break, how there was nothing going on in baseball. Like, it was, you had individual stories that were neat. But now, all of a sudden, when you look at the playoff races, like, this one in the American League got a whole lot tighter than uh, people were anticipating it and... I don't know if it's going to include all of the teams that we thought it might with teams like Seattle and Oakland kind of fading off into the distance. But this one has been a lot of fun. And then you look at the other one that everyone is tracking, and that's the National League wildcard. And I think that one has the biggest implications. Because I think when you look at what happens if, on the American League side, in the American League wildcard, if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs... It's status quo. Like, I, I don't think Toronto is changing up. Uh, I don't think they are firing their manager. I, I don't think that they are going out and spending a billion dollars in free agency or anything like that. Like, I I do not think their off-season approach changes at all if they don't make the playoffs. The Yankees, they're probably firing Boone unless they make it to the American League Championship Series. Like, that's, that's probably... Probably the cutoff he needs to make. Uh, for Boston, they're, they're not making any changes if they don't make the playoffs. Seattle, certainly not. Oakland, Oakland probably not. But in the National League, when you look at who's battling for these playoff spots right now, if the Mets don't win, then, or if the Mets don't make the playoffs, and right now it doesn't look like they're going to, that was a real bad loss the other night against St. Louis. But if they don't make it to the playoffs, the manager is fired, and I I would imagine that there are probably some bigger roster moves that this team is going to make to try to get over the hump next year. Philadelphia probably knew they weren't getting in. San Diego is the one um San Diego is the one that I don't know what they do if they don't make it into the playoffs because They've had some injury issues with the, the starting staff, but this was still a team that was expected to finish higher than right now they're at 74 and 70. That This was not a team that was supposed to be hovering around 500. Injuries, for sure. But you, you wonder what are kind of the long-term ramifications for these clubs that don't make it into the postseason this year. I think the stakes are a little bit higher. In the National League right now. But that, this race is fun. Going into, as I am recording this right now, you have St. Louis and the Dodgers, would be the NL wildcard game. The problem with this is that the Dodgers are killing St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia in a one-game playoff. They're probably killing the Mets as well, but the Mets, I think, at least have a bit of a puncher's chance in a one-game playoff. San Diego provides the most drama, for sure. But uh, Cincinnati is a game, or is half a game back, sorry. San Diego is a game back. Philadelphia three out, and the Mets are four games out. It's been a disaster season for the Mets. there, there is, I, I don't think there's any sugarcoating it. That This was not an organization that went out and got Lindor to be sitting here with a 493 win percentage. Like this has been a disaster of a season for the Mets and then you have the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago where they're booing their own fans. Like it's it's just been a real bad time this season for the Mets and now they're playing their worst baseball at the worst time. So, it's yeah, it's it's a tough one. Also, credit San Francisco. Um and Milwaukee as well. Credit those teams for the great baseball that they have played this season. No one's really talking about them, but San Francisco and Milwaukee, I think, deserve all the credit in the world for what they have done this season. Getting ready for the Friday show, we have a lot of football coming, and we have some good wrestling talk. Um, Scheduled to chat with Rich Fan about Big E winning the WWE title on Monday Night Raw. I normally try to save the wrestling talk for... Friday, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll save the Big E conversation for that, but that was great. Uh, this is my first chance to react to the Raiders' win on Monday Night Football over the Baltimore Ravens, and while I do like to um, try to keep this as all sports, all teams as possible, the, the Raiders are my baby. And I, I mean, I, I haven't hit it about the Blue Jays, I haven't hit it about the, the Raptors either, so why am I trying to hide it about the, the, the Raiders? That was an infuriating game from a, a Raider perspective for a few levels and then they win like the, the the finish at the end that is absolutely bonkers and my heart goes out to anyone who lost on a Lamar Jackson fumble or a last second Derek Carr heave to the end zone but I still don't know what to think about either team, to be perfectly honest. I still think the Raider defense has several flaws. I still think that like they're kind of des- almost designed to give a team like Baltimore problems. Like, Lamar Jackson isn't throwing it downfield, and that's where the Raiders' weakness ends up being. They have a pass rush that clearly can get home, as Max Crosby was one of the stars from Monday night. Um, we'll see what happens with some guys getting banged up on that offensive line. Gerald McCoy sounds like he's done for the season, so that's going to potentially affect things. But the the pass rush is a bit of a strength of this team now, we are seeing. And the, the one thing, from a fantasy perspective that I'm looking at, is how do running backs fare? against the Raiders because Abram was very good in the run game you now have Gerald McCoy who is out Abram was one of the worst safeties in the league last year if he has taken a step does that change things a little bit but I I am interested to see how this defense handles a team that's actually going to take a shot downfield on them now I don't think they get that this week when they take on Pittsburgh so this could be another one where you you get a, a bit of a potential upset from the Raiders but they have never traveled well, especially out to the, the Eastern Time Zone and in those one o'clock games. So we'll see how this one goes. But I, I don't know I don't know how much we learn about the Raiders from this game because Lamar Jackson does not have a passing style that attacks this Raider defense in the way that I think they can be exploited. On offense for Vegas, Derek Carr is is infuriating, and he gives the speech after the game, and you just, I want to love him. I, I really do. I watched him on Hard Knocks, and he was a bit of a tryhard, and it was annoying as balls, but he clearly loves being, at the time in Oakland, now a Las Vegas Raider, and not a lot of guys over the last two decades, really, um, you, could you say that about? And so it's, it's awesome to see his passion for this team, and how passionate he is about his teammates as well and yeah that, that that interview at the end of the game was phenomenal but the throws are infuriating and then going at Waller for not going up with two hands there were so many inaccurate passes that his guys bailed him out on and that's that has been frustrating and it just the the thing that gets me about Carr the most is how he handles a clean pocket. And when he was an MVP candidate, and people will forget, but he was an MVP candidate before he got injured. I think it was 2017. The last time the Raiders, the only time the Raiders made the playoffs since they got shit kicked in the Super Bowl. Um, they had the best offensive line in the league that year. And then Carr still gets hurt. And I think he's been spooked ever since. And the the Waller miss, where he, he doesn't see him streaking down the right seam, that... I'm not going to say it happens a lot because Raider receivers don't get that open all the time. But he is someone who, okay, first read's not open, full-on panic mode, let's check it down. Like, he is the opposite of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has zero idea about the clock. Like, it is going, one steamboat. Two steamboats. Derek Carr is one steamboat. Two steamboat like it, it's a twister wrap going on in his head. It, that's how quickly the clock is going down in his head. Like it, it is absolutely frantic. And so you will get a a clean pocket misthrow, and you will get a clean pocket misread, and you will get one of the more infuriating things a clean pocket checkdown. And so I, I still don't think he is the quarterback to take this team to the next level. Um, I, I like to talk about this at the the last place I worked, but on the, the Move of the Six podcast, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks talked about are you a, a truck or are you a trailer? I think he's a pretty good trailer. I think if you surround him with amazing options, then he's going to be an amazing quarterback. But I, I don't think he is the, all right, hop on, boys, let's go win us a football game. I just, I, I think he... I think he wants to be that. I think he has the mentality to be that. I just don't think he's good enough to be that type of a quarterback. On the Baltimore side, that's got to be a frustrating loss to lose to a Vegas team that you should just be better than. Like that's that that is I am not breaking news with that one. That that one's not a hot take. Baltimore needs to be better than Vegas if they are going to get to that next level and it makes the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations all the more interesting and and how they're going to handle that. I don't think this is a league that has figured out this offense. I think that going into this game, Baltimore knew the way to attack the Raiders is try to attack that secondary. So they didn't want as many design runs for Lamar Jackson and probably thought they could beat the Raiders without it. But clearly the strength of this team is Lamar Jackson's legs and trying to get that run game going. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it and how much not having any running backs affects them going forward. But that, If I'm a Ravens fan, that loss is quite concerning, and this just might be a lost year for this team, which would be a real tough one for the contract negotiations for Lamar Jackson. That's going to do it for Couch Potato Diary today. We are going to have a long one coming up on Friday, so we'll give you a bit of a break. Only it's going to come in while you can see it now while you're listening to this. But as I'm recording it, I have no idea. But it's going to be around 20-minute podcasts, so we'll give you an easy one today thank you very much please remember to rate review subscribe wherever possible it does mean a huge difference for the program uh, you can get in touch with me social media i am at primetime client on twitter and instagram twitch.tv slash primetime pk uh, you can email the show couch diary at yahoo.com one more show coming up that's on friday talk to you guys then i'm out